Welcome to Diamond Niners Weekly. This is week 10 of the 2020 baseball season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no baseball. But let's face it, folks. There's a lot of things the coronavirus can stop. This show just happens to not be one of them. All right, guys. We're back in here. This is uh, this, this is Nick. Here, as always, with Kevin. What's up, Niner Nation? Associate head coach, the All-American number four, Bo Robinson. How's it going, Niner Nation? Good to be back on. Producer Brad. Hey, hey. All right, guys, we're back in here. It's, it's another week. We got uh, another big show uh, lined up for tonight. We appreciate all the positive feedback from last week's show. Um, it was a blast to do, and we're ready to have some more fun tonight. Um, but first, we want, to, uh, we want to toss it over to, to, uh, to Bo Rob and uh, let him bring us up to date on uh, sort of this week in Charlotte 49ers baseball. Yeah, man, it's kind of kind of been the same. We're all kind of in the same boat right now, but um, we just got off a Zoom phone call with our team. Uh, typically, we do it on Thursday right around 4 o'clock. Woody, Woody does a good job with that. Um, basically, wants to let the guys know any new things that we find out um, that he wants to relay to those guys. And, and the big thing is just staying on top of them, make sure they're staying on their workouts, um, obviously, as best as they possibly can, make sure they're staying on top of their academics since it's all online. Um, back, uh, I mean, really, in all honesty, we're, we're used to seeing the guys every single day right right around this time of year. So it's kind of difficult for us, but we're trying to make sure we're staying connected as best we possibly can and make sure they're staying on top of their academics, which obviously is always going to be the most important piece of the puzzle. Um, also, just um, it kind of gives um, Coach Coach Patrick, I don't know if uh, many of you guys uh, know uh, Coach P, but he's obviously a big part of our program. It allows him to get on there to talk to our guys um, a little bit. Uh, just trying to make sure that they're staying engaged with their workouts. And he's obviously done a phenomenal job of putting some things in place for those guys that, that they can do at home, uh, whether it be body weight stuff or whatever it may be and eating healthy and, and all that good stuff. So it kind of gives us a platform just to communicate with our guys. Obviously coach P is a big part of our program. I'm sure uh, Reese and Netzer are probably talking about him at, at length because he's such a big part of our player development program. Um, but also gives the opportunity for Bree, our trainer. Um, she she uh, gets on there and wants to make sure everybody's staying on top of uh, their health. Uh, if anybody has any injuries or pre-existing injuries, she wants to make sure she's staying on top of it as best she can uh, from a long distance. Um, so just making sure everybody's in uh, where they need to be um, so far. Um, I know another cool thing that that uh, since we're not allowed to be around our guys a whole lot now, I know that. I try to send out, and, and, and these guys will probably attest to it, I send out a lot of information uh, that I get off Twitter or social media or whatnot, and I try to pass it on to our guys so we can continue to keep teaching the game and the fundamentals that they do at the highest level of, of professional baseball and, and making sure these guys are, uh, are hearing it from somebody else. Sometimes I think that's good that they hear it from other people. That way it's not us just beating it down their throat all the time. So I try to give them a lot of informational stuff for player development and for things to work on. Um, and whatnot, because I think there's a lot of teaching moments that can take place even when you're not out at the field. Um, but overall, our guys are doing great. Um, they're, they're hanging in there. Their grades are doing well. Um, and they just need to keep it up and finish strong and hopefully uh, get themselves prepared for summer ball for the ones that are going to go play and uh, get them prepared to go out to P3 and continue to keep getting better on the mound as well. So, But the guys are doing great, man. It's always good to talk to those guys. always good to stay connected because um, obviously they're a big part of our lives. I mean, to be honest with you, it's like we got 35 kids. I mean, I, obviously, I got two of my own kids, but I still feel like I got 35 
more on that team. So it's always fun to talk to those guys. And if for anybody who uh, – he mentioned Coach Patrick or Coach P, the strength coach. If anybody who doesn't know who he is, uh, next time next time we when we get back to playing games, look down in the Niner dugout, decide who you would not want to fight. That's <laughs> Coach P. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> but you mentioned uh, Summer Ball. Have you heard anything on um, – any updates on um, the summer ball leagues that you contact with? Well, I'm I'm staying connected with some of the summer ball coaches. They're kind of in limbo too. I know they are all wanting to have their seasons. Um, that's for sure. And I, I think it's probably going to be on a league by league basis. Um, uh, obviously, there's money that's that's required to obviously run a team and and summer ball. Um, but it's going to be probably by team to team or league to league based on how they're going to be able to do things because obviously everything requires money to be able to run. But as of right now, there we go. I haven't heard anything otherwise as of now for our guys. Um, they're all excited about summer ball because I don't think people realize how big summer ball is going to be for a lot of guys this year because of the lack of games that we got to play in the spring. But as of now, it's all a go. Um, but we could hear something tomorrow that could be something completely different or, or next month. You never know. But uh, I'm all for it. I want those guys to play, but not at the risk of their health of any kind. Um, so we'll have to make do and then and, and do what we need to do if we hear something otherwise. But as of now, I'm anticipating our guys to go off and go play. And hopefully this virus gets uh, cleared out and uh, we can get back to some normal, normal life and normal experiences. All right, cool. Well, hopefully that happens. Um, because that would be that would be an awesome awesome relief for a lot of us uh, that I mean we all need something to do right we need to get back to baseball uh, I was talking to somebody today uh, texting back and forth about the lack of baseball and said at, at this at this point I'd pretty much be willing to watch a competitive uh, wiffle ball game <laughs> uh, I hear you well I'll say this one one cool thing that's that's come out of all this I haven't had a chance to to work with the guys on the team, but I've been able to get out there with my nine-year-old and he's, he's dropping uh, bombs out in the front yard. So it's kind of fun to watch and, and see him uh, grow and develop. Uh, Cause to be honest with you, I spend a lot of my time trying to help other people's kids. And uh, it's been kind of nice for a change to be able to help out my own son and be around the house and throw him balls and talk trash to him and all that good stuff like that. So it's been a lot of fun from that, that aspect. So I guess I am still getting a little bit of baseball in just more in my front yard. <laughs> uh Kevin, won't you um you you had you found some some cool information this week and we got involved trying to uh trying to help some of the guys out uh retweeting that were in some of our guys were involved in a uh, in a lip lip sync challenge. Easy for me to say. Won't you um uh, won't you fill us in a little bit on that? Yeah, uh, I think it just popped up yesterday. Uh, uh Dream on 3, the foundation was having a uh, having a lip sync challenge. And uh, yesterday that we were going up against uh, Wofford, and I didn't realize it was our baseball program, but um, it just said UNC Charlotte. But uh, it um, uh, Tate Pennington, um, Haney, and uh, Juice. They were yeah, in a video with, uh, with uh, Dylan Radcliffe on the football team. He's um, uh, and what was you know they were doing a Hall and Oates song. But it wasn't Hall and Oates. Where, who was? Where did? Where did they get that from? I don't know. It, anyway, I mean, I know that hotel. song. I know that song, but but that wasn't wasn't Hall and Oates. But but anyway, we beat Wofford, we right? right. <laughs> Wofford, yeah, late comeback. We we beat Wofford last night with uh, I forgot the final score, but uh, raised a lot of money, and um, I 
I think we're playing the winner of Davidson and Pfeiffer uh, whenever the next round is. So, oh, we want Davidson. Yeah. We totally also, want Davidson. Also, to see us raise some money for, for a good cause, and then and guys are having some fun. I know uh, Tate and Juice were, were musicians in the, in the off the field um, from our previous conversation with Toby, but um, they look good lip syncing as well. Yeah, they're <laughs> self-proclaimed musicians, I guess. Have you, have you heard I've, it? Have you heard it, Bo? I've, I, I've heard some of their work. I did not hear what they did yesterday, but I have heard some of their work, and uh, it was uh, it was interesting. Let's just let's just say that it was good effort. I'll get I'll give them that. I don't want to be too negative, but it was great effort on their part. Great, great production. Uh, the lip syncing <laughs> was good too. That's right. All right, let's let's uh, let's introduce our guests here. There. Yeah, bring 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 them in, Kevin. All right, uh, we'll go go ahead and get started here. Uh, um. Our first guest uh, came to us from Charlotte Christian, uh, Conference USA All-Freshman Team 2016, Conference USA Second Team and Second Team All-State 2018, drafted by the Tigers in 12th round of 2018 draft. Uh, welcome to the show, Reese Hampton. Oh, thank you, guys. It's such an honor to be uh, uh, introduced first before Brett. Thank you for that. Um, more importantly, thank you for having me, and go Niners. All right, all right. Well, yeah, we did that on purpose, Reese. Uh, off, our, next, our next guest uh, came to Charlotte from Fort Mill High School. Conference USA All Freshman Team 2015. Conference USA Second Team and All State First Team 2016. Third Team Preseason All American and Conference USA Second Team All State First Team in 2017. Drafted in the third round by the Red Sox in the 2017 draft. Uh, welcome to the show, Brett Netzer. Hey, what's up, everybody? Reese, usually what happens is usually bat lead off, you bat first, and I batted second. Usually, so I come and clean up the mess that you left. <laughs> so it's like it's a similar, similar. In this. It's, it's great to be here. Just, you're just setting the table for you. Some things never change, right, guys? That's what I do. That's what I do. Now you roll. <laughs> All right, guys. So why don't we uh, when we jump in here? We. Um, you guys uh, started off the year uh, down down in Florida for spring training, and we're we're getting ready for your season. You should be um, should be in week two of of the minor league season uh, this uh, this week, but obviously that got cut short. But um, why don't you guys kind of uh, update Niner Nation on um, how spring training was going uh, before everything kind of got shut down? Uh, it was going it was going really good. Uh, Felt good about everything, and it's always good to, you know, after a long break, five month, four or five month break, to be around the guys again. And uh, yeah, it was. We were just starting to get into games, and uh, and it was kind of surreal how everything happened. It was like one day, um, you know, all the coordinators wanted to keep everything the same and not freak out too much. And then the next day, when everything happened, everybody was sent home. So, uh, but beforehand, everything was going really good, and um, felt really good about everything. You got in to quite a few uh, major league games um, as the spring was going on. Can you go through that experience with us uh, for a little bit? Yeah, so uh, this was uh, my third spring training. So it, it's been awesome, like, kind of being around the big league guys during those games and picking their brains a little bit. Um, and, and it's always a great experience to to just watch them go about their business because um, that's eventually our goal, you know, and, and – um, it's it's always awesome being up there and just being around them. 
like Reese, you said you'd been down there for a week when, uh, when things got shut down. Um, tell us how your spring was going. Uh, it was going well. I mean, it was only six days, like you said. Um, uh, I went down on a Sunday and had to come home on a Saturday. And uh, I was there. I mean, the weather was perfect. I mean, got to show up to the ball field and, you know, hang out with your friends they hadn't seen in a long time. It was going great. Kind of get back in the routine of getting up early, getting the field early, you know, going through your training and everything like that, getting my feet underneath me. And next thing you know, we're getting shipped home again. And I wasn't really happy about it. I was ready to go. Yeah. So how much, how much do you guys hear from your, um, from your clubs um, on a weekly basis? I know everybody's kind of doing this thing where they're trying to, trying to work out and trying to stay in some kind of, some semblance of shape and keep ready to go. But, but what kind of, what kind of communications um, it, it is taking place between you guys and your clubs? Um, uh, for the Tigers, um, they're doing a pretty good job of kind of checking in each week, like whether it be a trainer with a text or a hitting coordinator calling me and asking me like, what, what's available for me. Um, you know, if I can get some swings in, whether it be off the tee into a pop-up net or just some dry swings, but they're just trying to see how we're doing, seeing if we're staying healthy and um, see what kind of work we're, we're able to do. And if we're keeping on top of our um, being in shape and stuff like that, but they're doing a good job of kind of, um, they have no idea what's going on. Uh, neither do we. So they're just trying to figure it out just like we are, but they're doing well of uh, keeping in touch. Yeah, now, are, you, are you working out with your dad, or is he letting you just just kind of run that? Just you know, he's no. Unfortunately, he has to work from home, so I'm usually out the door. Uh, we've been going to like some high school fields, just kind of run around, throw, and then hitting the cage. But now I'm not working out with the dad. <laughs> Go ahead, Brett. Well, if you saw Reese's dad, then then you should really hope that Reese you should should be working out with him. Yeah, I know. So, do it, do it is massive. Carol's a legend. Yeah, and Reese, you know. He's got he's got big big arms, but other than that, you know, it's but I it was it's it was <laughs> it's, the communication is pretty similar. Like the socks, um, it's just we got a trainer checking in almost every day, uh, making sure that we're healthy, and then maybe strength coaches every week or so, seeing if we're staying on top of our stuff. But yeah, it, it's pretty universal. Um, nobody really knows what the heck's going on. They're just you know trying to stay in touch every now. And and this this is professional trolling at its best going on right now. These guys are are, are going after each other. We um, it's pretty fun to watch. Uh, it's, it's the clubhouse. It's the clubhouse. It's never dull. I, I want to before we get too much further here. I want to I want to um, just go ahead and get this in that, that Brett. Uh, we we can all see each other um, using Zoom like the entire rest of the world. Brett is wearing his his number nine. Charlotte baseball jersey. He he dressed for the occasion. How awesome is that? Yeah, I mean it just shows you know my passion for the university. Unlike Reese, who's just in a oh. basic basic black hoodie. You know, I have a lot of take a lot of pride in, in my time at Charlotte. So <laughs> it's it, it's all right, so Reese. We're not we're not listening to him. Yeah. Right. It was a nice touch, Brad. I, I, I like it. Nice. Yeah, I just want to make sure he didn't take it out of the clubhouse. You know, we have to re 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 restore it, but uh, he, said, he, he said he made a donation to the Grand Slam Club, so I guess he, he got him a, a jersey out of it. So it looks good on him. This was actually Tommy Bullock's next year. Oh, I actually went in there uh, and stole from him. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Tommy Barrels jersey. Yep, Tommy yeah. Barrels. That's two, two good players in that uniform. <laughs> 
Yeah, number number nine's got a got a pretty good history going there. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. So, so since you guys have been uh, been home, uh, I, I we hear Reese has, has been pretty good at uh, disc golf. And uh, how how you guys in shape as far as um, uh, baseball shape uh, and conditioning? Um, yeah, I mean that's that's a good question. Um, so I actually went on Facebook Marketplace and, and I went and bought like 300 pounds of weights and um, a barbell and some other workout equipment to be able to just work out in my garage at the house. Um, since all the garage with the house thing. Um, but conditioning and just trying to sneak on a middle school field or high school field in the area. And I realized we're playing soccer as my conditioning, just kicking the soccer ball around and you know trying trying to make it fun, you know, because being home every single day and trying to make it fun. You know, just trying to make things fun. I thought you uh, issued a challenge. Uh, um, looks like you won the ball field. What was it? Uh, sock, uh, go through it. Tell, tell us the challenge, the, the, the steps of the challenge that you were out there. It was a it was a fifty yard field goal, and then a fifty five yard soccer kick, upright kick, and then a forty yard pass off the upright. And I I asked I challenged Reese. Um, he unfortunately couldn't do it. Uh, I never got to see that happen, but uh, I challenged Reese and a couple other guys. So I'm just I'm still waiting waiting to see how how it goes. You know? So you can kick a 50-yard field goal. I actually got 55 today. I got kicking around a little bit. I work on the mechanics a little bit, but but yeah, I played soccer growing up a little bit. So you kicking a football or a soccer ball through the uprights? Both. I kicked uh, football 50 and then soccer ball 55. So just to mix it up a little bit. Just to mix it up. I think Will Healy might want might want to talk to Brad. Yeah. 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 So with, with all this going on, what we've been doing is, is bringing you guys along and bringing you guys in, trying to talk to all the pro Niners and what's fun for us. And hopefully fun for the people at home is to, to do a little, uh, little walk down memory lanes, so to speak. Um, especially here with, uh, with Bo and you know, Coach Robinson hanging out with us. So how about each of you uh, take a minute to just um, talk to us about your recruiting process and, and how, how, you got to, um, how you got to Charlotte? Um, so I'm um, going to start with Brett because um, Brandon Hall was kind of leading the charge back then for recruiting. Um, and then we also had um, Rochelle as, as well. As, was he the uh, was he hitting coach or assistant coach, or was he? Yeah, he was the assistant. Title? Yeah, he was assistant coach, and I was a volunteer at the time. Yeah, so we, I mean, we yeah. knew obviously knew Bo and talked to him a little bit, but he wasn't leading the charge. I mean, I wish he was, but um, yeah, through junior year, um, Coach Hibbs really found an interest in me and um, had me on the campus a couple times. And after um, about six months or so of the recruiting process, I decided I kind of want to stay home. Stay home. And, uh, parents have seen me play my whole life, and they get to drive 20 minutes north, and they get to see me. So that was kind of the main uh, benefit of being so close. That's why I chose Charlotte. Now, there was – there's a uh, – I, I didn't know this until – 
I might not have known this until after you your playing days were over, Reese. But there was there was a connection uh, between your dad and and Coach Hibbs, right? Yes, yeah, that's right. So they they got along really well because they tell old stories. They both played at Wichita State. Um, I think my dad graduated in '83, and then Coach Hibbs in '85 or '86, something like that. But um, obviously, Coach Hibbs played there um, all four years, and then went straight into being a volunteer, right? He played one year pro ball. Yeah. 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 One year pro ball. But now, as I understand it, Reese, they did not know about – he didn't – he wasn't recruiting Harold Hampton's kid. He was recruiting Reese Hampton, and he didn't find out that 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 was – you know, that you guys were related until, like, you showed up on campus, right? Yeah. Well, there are not a lot of people from Wichita that moved to Charlotte. So, um, that was definitely a surprise to him. I think it was our first, like – uh, in office or in office visit when I was on campus and we all, he sat us down and as a family and yeah, he kind of realized that, um, they played the same school under the same coach. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's, that's very cool. So what, what about, what about your, uh, what about your process, Brett? Yeah, my, I guess, uh, so in high school, I wasn't like a huge recruit. Uh, I had two offers, one at college of Charleston and one at Charlotte. And, uh, I guess to backtrack, I actually went to a Charlotte uh, 49ers camp, baseball camp, and Coach Robinson uh, was was coaching it, and I was a shortstop at the time, and then there was two other shortstops. One guy, uh, Andrew Bechtel, is actually my agency now, um, <laughs> and he was a he was a phenomenal high school player, had had multiple offers, and then another another guy ended up committing to Wilmington, and I was kind of I was kind of the ugly duckling out of the group. And Bo Rob, Bo Rob really didn't even talk to me very much. <laughs> he said I couldn't field a ground ball. Um, the other two guys were righties, and since he was a right-handed hitter, he he really showed favor to the righties. And um, <laughs> and so I I, I kind of I didn't I didn't get very warm vibes. And uh, so I, I guess the other two guys couldn't attend Charlotte, and I was like the odd man out. And um, and so now. That is that is kind of a true story, but really, uh, no, it was a perfect fit, and I think oh, it's uh, always it's always good, always good, yeah. good clubhouse talk. No, now, Bo, now, Bo, Bo, do do you want to you want to refute any of this, or or you want to? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I'll I'll defend myself a little bit. Yeah, he, and he's right. He did come to a camp because at that point in time, I was a volunteer, and and. Uh, I think uh, that was my first year being a volunteer. So I got got a chance to hear uh, Rochelle and, and B. Hall and those guys talk about certain players, but I never got a chance to really see them. So the only time I'd get a chance to see them would be at camp. And at that camp, if you guys know Netzer, uh, he is he is a guy that is a gamer. Um, and what I mean by that, if you, if, if you watch him practice, especially when he was coming out of high school a little bit, he was a little bit deficient on some fundamentals here and some fundamentals there, and he kind of had a little – longer swing and kind of hook some balls to right field and spoon some balls to left field. But at that point in time, there was a couple guys that were in that camp that were pretty good ball players too. But the big separator, and he won't tell you this, but whenever you watch the game, because they always have games in these uh, in these camps at the end of the day, the big separator for him is when the, when the lights come on, as you guys can attest, he is a gamer. He finds the barrel. He obviously makes plays, makes all the plays, can run a little bit, and all those things. The next thing you know, you saw his tools kind of come through. But I remember 
at that point in time, he wasn't a great practice player and he wasn't cleaned up yet, but he was a heck of a game player. And we knew that if we got him on campus and allowed him to develop uh, the fundamentals and the skills that he needed, that he was going to be one heck of a player. And obviously it, it obviously translated for him, but it's always a good story. He always gives me crap about that uh, in the clubhouse. That, that, uh, but at that point in time, I loved him because he, uh, he was obviously a heck of a player. You guys know how I am. I like seven o'clock players. I'm not the biggest fan of five o'clock players. I like guys when the lights come on, they're going to do what they do and not be intimidated by anybody. And they're going to go out there and play their tails off. So uh, and he is definitely a seven o'clock player. When the lights come on, he actually thrives in that environment. Well, and every, everything about that story is like justified because I couldn't field a ground ball. Uh, I played left field <laughs> my freshman year. And I'm, I'm still, if I went back and practiced with the Charlotte boys, I, I would still probably be in the bottom three or four and BP hitters. So I'm still, still can't hit BP. <laughs> I don't know that. And I, and I, and re, like Reese will tell you, like I'm, I'm a terrible BP hitter. I don't like, I don't like BP. Um, and so, yeah, that whole story is justified. I like, I like giving Bo, you know, a little. He does. It's all good. I like but, it. I love it. But Bo, we talking about practice. Talking about That's practice. right. That's I'm Alan Iverson. That's right. <laughs> That's Alan Iverson. Well, he, I'll say this. He definitely cleaned up a lot of things, and he's become a really, really good defensive player and obviously takes takes good BP now and obviously playing at a super high level. And uh, one thing I'll say about Brett, this is going to add on to it, is, is he's that guy that if you put him in any type of situation, whether it's playing against a big-time ACC or SEC team or putting him on national TV in a college game or putting him in a big league game at, at spring training he's not going to back down he's going to be a guy that's going to thrive in that environment he's not going to he's not going to be nervous he's not going to play tight he's going to let it fly and, and he's going to get after it. so he and that's what we call these nowadays i mean everybody likes to say they're gamers um but it, he was a true gamer he, he actually stepped up his game uh when everybody uh needed him to the most i mean in the big games so that's a good trait to have and i think that's going to be something that's going to help him get to to the big leagues one of these days and hopefully we can all watch him play on tv Sooner rather than later. Right. So you guys, all right, you guys have told us um, kind of the process of how you got to Charlotte. Um, take us through some of your favorite memories of being a, a 49er and um, uh, just go through some some of that with us. Um, I'll go you guys were on the – yeah, go ahead, Reese. Um, Aaron, both, what were we going to say, 2016? I think both of you guys are on the 2017 team. Had a, had a lot of uh, good yep. memories on that one. But, yeah, my sophomore year. Yeah, um, uh, definitely. Sorry to interrupt. Sorry. The uh, definitely just getting on campus my freshman year and the fall practices, seeing how uh, everything worked and having uh, great role models like Brent Etzer himself. Um, I heard about him. You know, I heard the legends, but getting to see it uh, first person was just something I couldn't explain. So that was awesome. And then uh, definitely just that sophomore year when we were really good and had a chance to do some damage, but, um, um, that first weekend, um, against West Virginia in 2017, I think it was at home and we won two or three, we were pretty dominant that weekend. And that was pretty fun to see how, um, good we could have been and just the, uh, the talent that was on that team. That was a lot of fun. Um, being with the coaches, definitely. Um, but Rob, I have a lot of stories that just, um, on the field, just, you know, yelling and just cheering everybody on, but like kind of, a kick in the tail, you know, keeping us straight in line, all that um, always helped because uh, I'm sure me and Brett definitely needed it back then and still do. Still do. Um, yeah. 
I think it happened three times, but when Bo Robinson stepped in for BP, that's definitely one of my favorite memories each time. I try to get the phone out and uh, get the video, but he only takes about eight swings because his back tightens up. So I never get to, I never get the phone out and record it. But uh, he can still swing it. I shouldn't say that. He definitely can still swing it. Uh, I think it was this uh, this January or something like that. You almost put one out down left field line. No way. He would have to have the old BSR bats. No, no, <laughs> no way. We needed a little uh, wind. We needed a little wind, but it had a chance for sure. Yeah. So definitely, well, just, uh, definitely just being around the guys. Definitely the best memories. But Bo, is that true? Did, did that did you almost get one out? Well, Reese is telling part of the story. I, I don't. Reese didn't see me. All the coaches got together about two weeks before that and started taking BP, and I was completely awful. Um, I was getting frustrated. I was mad. I was, like, popping balls up, rolling them over, getting jammed. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this stuff goes really fast. I'm like – and I start, and I started getting frustrated with it to the point where I was – when Reese got out there about a week or two later, I was like, I'm going to do this again. I probably hadn't hit a ball in probably six or eight years. And then the second time that Reese – came out there which would have been his first time he saw me i was a lot better that time but uh it's amazing how fast your bat speed goes your strength yeah. goes uh your barrel awareness goes and just god i'm terrible now i think i got my swing it's like a fungo swing uh, <laughs> but i did i did lean on one or one or two of them i thought i got every bit of it and it still landed about 30 feet short of the fence so <laughs> so i'm now old as old as mold i guess at 44 years old and it, I, I got more respect for guys like cal ripken jr and Derek jeter and all those guys chipper jones that played in their 40s it's it's unbelievable they were able to do that because i know i'm terrible right now <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Well, is, Brett, you, you know, go ahead with, uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead with uh, you got any favorite memories as a 49er? I know uh, you had at least one walk off that I can remember off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think my freshman sophomore year, uh, we, we definitely took our lumps uh, on and off the field. And then everything kind of culminated and came together uh, in 2017. And now that, that team was, was really, really fun. Uh, but it was really, it was really 2015, 2016 that really created that and and really built that from the ground up, and the teams before that, because um, the team in 2014 was the first year of Conference USA. So it was all the teams before that they kind of built that, and and it kind of all culminated uh, to me my last year at Charlotte in 2017. That uh, that that year was really really a lot of fun, um, and I don't know if I have necessarily a favorite memory, um, and I, that might sound like really playing Jane generic, but just being around all the guys in the clubhouse and, and in pro ball, it's a little bit different than college because the game's like, not to say they mean more, but it's like, um, it's, it's not much, not, not as much of a, of a business as pro ball is. So it's like you, you genuinely care about each and every one of your teammates because you live with them. You, you, you're at weights with them at 6am, you're conditioning with them. So it's just like the magnitude of the games that that's just, that was just so fun uh, and going through the ups and downs of the season uh, with, with all your brothers. Um, I think that was just my favorite part about it. You know, Brett, and one of the things I always remember about your, your time on, uh, on campus and you, uh, you mentioned those, those early teams, your uh, years, you guys took your lumps, but you were, you were learning and you were growing. Um, the thing I've always said about, about you is you didn't, re you didn't even need a scoreboard. All you had to do was look at nets or after the game. 
um, <laughs> because lot, lots everybody likes winning, right? But but you hate losing. Uh, I just remember several times seeing you after a game, like back going back to your. I don't know if you're going back to your car, about your dorm or whatever, and you know we had, we had had a rough a rough game, and man, you were just pissed. It was it was all over your face, you know. Your 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 eye black was smeared, and you were just you you knew the game, man. You knew you knew what had happened by looking at, at <laughs> by looking at you, or, or that's that was at least the way I saw it, anyway. Yeah, well, it's kind of like it's kind of like the culture needed to be changed a little bit, you know, because just because you you take your lumps and you have a couple of bad years, like that doesn't just become the standard at that point, you know. It's like, and that's that's what kind of needed to change a little bit of hair. Um, and we had all the right guys for that, um, that really kind of, you saw the progression of people just started to, to, they started to wear it and they started to, to care. And I think that's, um, the beginning of a kind of culture change is really how much do you want to win and how much do you hate losing? And, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, there'll be times that, yeah, you skip the shower after the game and just go home. One time it was, uh, Reese's freshman year and my sophomore year. And, I think we it was a loss, and we we went to the school gym and was just working out. You know, we were we were both pissed, and it was like, that's cool, you know, to see a younger guy that that cares that much. And that's uh, I remember me and Reese's conversation in the gym, you know, and just how much he cared about winning. I thought, you know, that's something that that stuck with me about him and um, how awesome that was. So, so the game is over, and and we, we we've lost. And you guys have, have gotten changed, and you're you're what like up at um, uh, what up at Halton or where, where did you go? Yep, yep. What what is Reese? What's that gym called? The ATAC? Yeah. ATAC gym? Well, yeah, the student gym. Yeah, it was in the um, Halton student gym because it wasn't even the ATAC. It was just the 49er um, student gym, and I lived in yeah. Scott Hall, which was right next to it. So. He would drive over, park in South Deck, and we'd go take out our frustration on some weights. <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's pretty awesome, though. I mean, you know, that's that's where – that's like where the real conversations take place, right? That's that's yeah. where you can have all the team meetings and, and things like that you want, but, right. but real conversations take place like there. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's – uh, yeah, it's like – what are you going to do get the whole team together and say, come on guys, we need to play better. It's like, no, you work your ass <laughs> off and you put in the work and you put in the time and it's like you feed off of each other, you know, that's, that's how you win. And that's how you create a sustainable culture, you know, not by having raw, raw pep talks all the time. So. All right. Yeah. yeah both these guys, both of them, I mean, they, they came in as, as freshmen and both of them played immediately so that there's a there's a growing process that you kind of have to go through but we're at that point in time i think uh what what nets were talking about where okay we're done growing it's time to start freaking turning the corner and start playing and winning ball games and uh obviously these two guys were a big part of it um as they as they got older and obviously the team continued to keep developing and getting better that's when uh i guess 2016 you could start seeing a little bit of a turn in 2017 it kind of all came together because now you had a bunch of those guys that we threw in the fire, like the guys we had on last week, the Jarrett's, the TJ's, and 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 those guys, and and the Harris Yetz was in there during that time. And all of a sudden, you got Reese Hampton and Brett Netzer, and, and and obviously some of the arms. Now all of a sudden, they start coming together, and now it's like, all right, boys, we've got experience now. Now it's time to start throwing it up and taking it to a whole nother level. And it's all about all about winning ball games, and um, that that they did. I mean, they definitely did that, and they're a big part of 
of that and uh, and the leadership and all that stuff like that and, and making sure we got back to what 49er baseball is all about, and that's that's winning ball games. But then again, and you talk about that transition from the A-10 to Conference USA, it was a tough adjustment, and we threw those guys in the fire, let them learn. Sometimes we had to take our lumps more than others, and then all of a sudden we, we kind of reap the rewards and the benefits uh, with as a team and also for these guys individually, uh, obviously being able to play at the next level because they got a ton of experience and a ton of playing time um, early on. Um, so anyways, which has kind of carried on to where they are now. Um, you know, a lot of people didn't, didn't realize that at the time we, we, um, uh, you know, we talked about it. We knew what it was, what the deal was, but you know, you, it's a big difference going from St. Louis and Richmond to, to rice and Southern miss. Um, those, those are completely different worlds that we, we stepped out of one world and into a completely different one. We did. We definitely did, but we had, we had the right guys. We just had to, had to give them a chance to develop and grow and, and obviously come together. I mean, they all, all, uh, having, having a good clubhouse and having good leaders and all that good stuff like that. It's always important, um, to get back to the winning ways and, and doing things that we all expect to do. And that's play, play at the next level, which is, uh, playing regional super regionals and, and obviously trying to develop guys and get them ready for the next level too. Cause that's, that's what we're trying to do now. And we're going to continue to keep trying to do that in the future is get all these guys having a winning mentality. Winning mentality is, is important and try to see what we can do as a team. And also individually, well, I know a lot of these guys are hopefully they're wanting to play at the next level, which is another part of the reason that they have the drive to keep working and succeed. Um, so when you got both of them, you got a, a bunch of guys that want to win as a team and, and individually they want to take their game to the highest level they possibly can. That's a good thing. So, um, and these guys definitely did that because their work ethic was off the charts. Yeah. All right. Best Talk moment of the that. show. Go ahead, Kevin. Go ahead. Talk about development. Um, we had seven guys drafted off that 2017 team, and none of those guys were, were drafted out of high school. So you talk about the development over the three year, three to four years that they were in the program. The credit to you guys, Bo, and, and their uh, credit to the individuals for the hard work they put in. Uh, so it's pretty big to have seven guys drafted off the same team. Um, oh, well, crazy. there's there's well, there, there's no doubt about it. But I mean, all all we can do, I guess, as a coaching staff, is kind of give them. Uh, the opportunities and, and they obviously got a ton of opportunities, but th it's their careers and they got to take it and run with it. And all these guys we've had on the, uh, obviously last week, this week, and even the week uh, or next week, um, those guys are self-made players. And I'll say it till the cows come home. I mean, I'm there to help them. I'm there to guide them. If I see anything that, that needs to be cleaned up or corrected, I'll mention it to them. But at the end of the day, they got to make the choice on who they want to be as a player and how we want to be as a team. Um, and, and these two guys, I mean, I, you, you're talking about guys that just love being at the field. I mean, every one of these guys love being at the field. There's no other place they would rather be um, than be at the baseball field. And they both, um, and, and it's kind of a, I don't know, it's kind of a trait that I had. I didn't like to look bad. I, mean, I, I never liked to look bad. I know Reese doesn't like to look bad. I know Renetra doesn't not like to look bad. I know Coach Ibs. I mean, that was one of the things that he said about those guys that you can always tell when, when they had a bad game, they're going to be the first ones to the ballpark the next day because they, they didn't like the way that they played the day before. So they're going to step up and, and have a really good next day. Um, and that's kind of the mentality that you have to have to be good at this game because it, it'll chew you up and spit you out if you're not mentally tough enough or prepared enough to be able to handle those things. But the good ones can always seem to flush a bad game and then come out and make the adjustments and be really good the next day. And these guys definitely did that. But they are self-made players. I mean, they're the ones that put in the work. 
Um, they're the ones that showed up every single day and, and were wanting to get better and, and would do anything that it took to get to, to where they are. So, I mean, at the end of the day, they deserve all the credit. All right, Kevin. I think it's I think it's time for the 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 most fun part of the show here. This is this is what everybody's this is what everybody's waiting for. From each of you guys, <clears throat> we need a Bo Robinson story. <laughs> that 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 can that's that's fairly, you know. All right. Well, okay. Well, thirteen. Well, so, How about that? So it's a backtrack on the seven guys trapped from that team. Don't let Bo Rob downplay. You know the coaching staff's role in, in having seven guys drafted off a team. Because I can honestly say like genuinely like Bo Rob is like a, is like a second, second dad. And honestly, that's how it feels like talking early on on the show. He feels like he's got 35 boys in the team and that's how you're treated. You know, that's, a, that's why we can joke around like we joke around now because we have that kind of relationship. And that's like when you're 18, 19 coming in, it's like you have no perspective on anything, you know, it's like, and Bo Rob playing seven or eight years in pro ball and all the experience. And, you know, he's not going to sugarcoat things and he's going to tell you, you know, when and how to get better. And, and he's going to work with you and he's going to show up to the field every single day. And that goes to the whole coaching staff. So to have seven guys drafted, you can say that like it's the players that put in the work, which to a certain extent they do, but it's like, well, when you have somebody that's, that's walking alongside of you, um, then that, that helps exponentially. So just throwing that out there first, you know, don't don't let Bo Rob ever downplay you know his role because he was uh, by far one of the most important uh, people you know in my life honestly and in, in total. But uh, a Bo Rob story. Uh, so I, I listened last week. You know I, I listened. I listened every <laughs> week. And uh, and when you guys brought up the Bo Rob stories, I was I was thinking about it and I was like. There was just there was just one. There was just one that I just couldn't stop thinking about. And it's not like <laughs> not really hilarious. It's not like you know, and first of all, let me say I, I was a punk at Charlotte. All right. Let me just throw that out. It's still kind of <laughs> and I, I think the one thing that, that we can all agree on, um, with with you know, some of the best players like this have use my language, they got like a little dickhead in them, you know, they want to win. You know, and bar none, they want to win above above all else. So, I guess my story early on in the year in 2017, uh, we beat West Virginia two out of three. We're rolling, and we got a Friday night game against Xavier. Who uh, Xavier's Friday night guy, Zach Lowther, uh, got drafted in the second round, threw like 88, <laughs> right? But he absolutely just painted everything. I mean, if you're if you're throw 88 and you get drafted in the second round, like you got to be able to do something, you know. And so Bo Rob's biggest thing at Charlotte was be on time for fastball, hit fastball, be on time for fastball, hit fastball. And I swear we go through like seven innings and like, I don't, I think we took about like 20 first pitch strikes, fastballs, like, and they look, they look, you know, like good pitches to hit, but when they're like two inches <laughs> off the outside corner and they're painted and the guy's calling a strike, it's like, you don't want to swing that early in the count, you know, you just don't. And so and so we're like in the seventh inning, it's like zero zero, and Laws is throwing like a no no. And Lowther, you got like one hit off Lowther, right? It's like it's the most boring game in the world. Yeah, pitcher's and, duel. Uh, yep. It's a pitcher's duel, you know? Yeah. And uh and and throughout the whole like thing, the first seven innings, like these pitches look like good pitches to hit. And you look down at Bo Rob, you're down 0-1, and you know, it's 
it's like it's like a disappointed father you know it's like he's just kind of like shaking his head at you you know i know i know that look yeah you know and, and me like it doesn't bother me because i'm like yo screw you you know like here i'm about to lock in and do something you know even though i was like oh before that game so but it was like the eighth and, and like not my place to do this you know like at all and I, I i'm just throwing it out there and like before we hit in the bottom of the eighth it's still like zero zero and i kind of pull bore up to the side and i'm like hey um like the the guys are just they're not reacting well you know to to the body language like at third base you know and and just like the oh look gosh. the 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 look it was like didn't say anything he's like we'll talk about this after the game and i was like i, I was leading oh, off i was God. leading off right i was leading off and i was like oh no you know oh, no. <laughs> uh, and so and so long story short like i think I, I i well you have to get hit after that like you have to you have no you have no other choice but to get hit after that so i got a hit ended up tj like hit a double ended up scoring we ended up winning like two one it's all and after the game, like when I say probably like if I would have just puckered my lips, I could have kissed Bo Rob. It was like <laughs> it was face to face. Just that's the worst I've ever worn it, but I deserved it. And uh, oh, and so and, and that's a hundred percent true story. That that that's telling that thing. It's a hundred percent. Because uh, I think I think if you guys know me, uh, that was probably when I was a little bit younger. And I've gotten better at this, but. I do not like non-competitive at bats, and I got a chance to see that game. I think on tape after the game, like, oh, okay, this guy was painting painting the corners pretty good, and this, that, another. And uh, but at the end of the day, those guys know that if anything that we're going to do in the box, we are going to compete. And what I was seeing at the time, I guess from the third base coach's box, sometimes it's hard to see where location is until I get a chance to see those games afterwards on tape. And uh, it was actually like, oh man, this guy can really pitch. He's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but I did, but but I did, I did, man. I, at that point in time, I was frustrated. I think our team was frustrated. This guy was just dealing on us and just just mowing us down one after another. And I think you guys know that I like offense um, quite a bit. <laughs> so I don't like it. I don't like any pitcher that is going to uh, shove it up our rear ends at any point in time. So, but it was it was good. It actually made all of us better, and it was uh, it was one of those good moments that we can always look back on now and laugh. But at the time, it wasn't real funny. But uh, we can look back on it now and laugh about it because obviously we're we're very close and all that stuff like that. But uh, there's a lot of good stories out there from probably a lot of guys that they probably like to tell about me and coach and all that. <laughs> but that's definitely so, a good one, Brett. So you're you're what at nineteen twenty years old at this time? Yeah, yeah. And and you're zero for four. Yeah. And then you walk <laughs> over to to Bo Rob. Yeah. And say, yeah. hey man, I don't think you're doing this right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, if you if if you were sum up that story, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Well, have you worked on you know, the body language since that since that incident? Have I? Oh yeah, yeah. I try not. To, I try not to show my cards, but my my wife my my wife tends to tell me all the time I speak with my with my facial expressions and my and my body language and I'm like so I'm trying to get better at it. My wife tells me that all the time too. So you gotta be even keel in baseball. I mean I know that football and basketball the coaches can run up and down and rant and rave and this, that and other, but in baseball it's kind of uh I don't know, 
you just kind of have to be more of like a poker player and try to be steel faced, I guess, so to speak. Uh, so that's gotten better. Yeah, it's gotten better. Brett, you said that story wasn't going to be funny. <laughs> it was like, like Bo Rob still scares me from that <laughs> story. So to me, to me, it's not all that funny. All right, so that's well, funny over here. Uh, uh, <laughs> all right, Reese, can can you can you add to that? Yeah, definitely. I'll I'll tell two quick ones that kind of go off. The first one goes off of what I kind of Brett through. And similar time, I think it was when we were playing ECU at ECU in 2017. We had one Friday night and yep. played a doubleheader Saturday and lost both. So we weren't playing well. I think it was the second game on Saturday, so the third game of the series. And Brett was actually at the plate, and I was on second base. And he hits a line drive up the middle with two outs, and I'm rounding third. Might have been one out. Might have been one out. There's one out. And I got a good read and everything, and I was going to – in my mind, I was scoring right away. And Bo, at the last second, holds up the sign and kind of under my breath, like, kind of go, are you got to be kidding me? Kind of like a – I don't know exactly what I said, but he definitely heard me. And he came right up to me in three steps and said, don't you ever say what you just said to me again. And I was pretty scared of that. But instantly I knew I was, okay, lesson learned right there. Don't ever show up your coach or anybody again. Heck, I probably should have sent you. Yeah, but that that wasn't important. That wasn't a lesson that needed to be learned. It was never kind of show up your superior or anything like that. So that was quick quick lesson there. Um, and the second one is when uh, he always had this little bet um, that we uh, if we scored, I think it was ten runs on fifteen hits, he'd do a naked lap. Nah, I was just kidding. And this <laughs> it was guy, actually, it was got so excited after a game. That he ran to the union back butt naked. No. No, that was not true. <laughs> no. For the record, that is definitely not true. That is not true. <laughs> I did tell you, though, that I was trying to be funny one day. You got, I think it was 20, 20, 20 and 15, 15 runs. I couldn't remember. I was, trying, I was trying to be funny about it, try to give you guys a little motivation, but it had no intention. And we did it. Doing. We did it. Yeah. Did well, it. I think I think Bo Rob said that before we played NCANT every single game. <laughs> And I think I think we got a total of three hits and like one run in all six games that we played against them. And, and so I think uh, I think that's where that started. So both scared them. That's what happened. Uh, that's Bo, good. Who were we playing, Bo? When we not only we batted around in the first inning, but but everybody scored. I think that was Florida Atlantic. I, I think you're right. That was, I think it was Florida Atlantic, and we ended up. And yeah, that wasn't that was a good start to the game. But I think we finished up and ended up losing it somehow, if I'm not mistaken. Somehow they came we, we back or something. Was that? Uh, I think we came back. They didn't they come back, but we walked it off or something like that. Yeah, that wasn't that game. Back. That was a day game. That was. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. It was yeah, that right. Harrison's buddy. Remember, he was telling us about yeah. him. He's that's like, right. hey, this guy's really good, and that's we put right. up like nine in the first. Because that's, that's exactly right. Logan yeah. hit like a three-run double or something like that. Everybody was hitting; it was unbelievable. Yeah. So it was you know had had he, I don't know what where on the timeline had Bo said that yet, or he had not yet said that. <laughs> At that point, I think it was definitely up in the air. I think he definitely said it. Because and I think he forgot about it, but we didn't. 
So we oh, heck no. <laughs> and when y'all hang nine on the scoreboard in the first oh, inning, y'all are all looking at him like, uh. <laughs> everybody's, everybody's mumbling and kind of when he's running off the field, say, hey, Bo, get ready. Here we go. <laughs> but it never happened. It never happened. <laughs> but you see, I was playing mind games with him, trying to give him some type of reward. I think I remember another good ones. Whenever we got on a winning streak, I think we stopped and got ice cream one time. I thought that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You remember yeah. that? That was, that yeah. was pretty funny. Yeah, uh, I that was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of good stories that, that obviously people in, in the clubhouse get a chance to, to experience. But I think Reese, I would say Coach Hibbs probably. You probably have more good Coach Hibbs stories than probably Bo Rob stories because uh, you, you and Coach Hibbs, uh, he because I know he loved you to death because obviously the the history with with your dad and all that stuff like that. But I know he really cared about Reese a lot and wanted him to be really well because. A lot of times, Coach Hibbs, he was that fast center fielder that played at Wichita State, and so was Reese. I think there's a lot of them that it was almost like Coach Hibbs' son. So he would get on to you like a son sometimes. I do remember that um, a couple yeah. of times. So there, there's some yeah. good Hibbs stories with, with Reese. Yeah. I'll be honest with you, Reese. I would be afraid to have Coach Hibbs get on me like a son. I, <laughs> I, I well, it's just afraid. like that uh, – Kind of the same thing, just learning life lessons through baseball. And uh, a lot of times, Brett's probably done it too. Like when you're mad or you get out, you skip over first base. You just kind of run past it. You don't step on the bag. And I think that was Coach Hibbs' pet peeve for a long time. Because whenever you skipped over the bag, you had to go back to home plate, even if it was in a scrimmage, and embarrass yourself and run to first base again and touch first. And I've never been more mad in my life, but it's just a – He's just teaching me lessons, you know. If you do something in life, whether you do it right or wrong, at least do your best and do it right, most you can, and stuff like that. Just lessons, and he definitely did try to get the best out of me, and I appreciated that. And I, I think I knew it at the time, but it was still kind of, you know, he still butt heads a little bit. But I definitely knew he had the best um, end in mind. Well, I'll say this: I got I got some some good stuff on Reese too. I, I remember the first time I, after I came off. Oh, do tell, do tell. Yeah, but where I, I just I finally got a chance to get out there to go recruit. Now I'm a full time assistant and I'm young and, and ready to, or I guess young, so to speak. But uh, getting out there recruiting, and I remember the first time I watched Reese was at was at state games, and uh, I remember a little kid out there flying around the field, and I remember Coach Dibbs and Rochelle and all those guys talking about him. Like, man, this guy's like the Energizer Bunny. Um, <laughs> so whenever we got him to to commit um, to Charlotte. Um, one of the couple cool things that he did, I mean, it's almost like he's a kid in a candy store when he's out there playing. Um, he, he just loves playing baseball. He loves being around the field, like I said before. But I got a couple good stories on him. If you if you know Reese, Reese is another guy, that, and I, I kind of like this stuff, but he does not like to get out. He hates it. Um, and I know one thing that he hates more than anything is probably a rollover to, to the second baseman or a lazy pop-up to left field. You know, but whenever he hits that rollover ground ball to second base, that dude runs about a, a thousand miles an hour down the line. And he, we talk about running a hard 90, Well, he would run like a hard 180. He'd go like 180, 200 feet. And you would think that it was like run for us, run, like he's going to run out of the stadium. He would run, Reese, so run. Bad. And it's run, Reese, run. But he would just keep on running down the foul line and would never stop. To the point, I felt bad for the first base coach that used to have to go over there and get this helmet from him if the inning was over with. But it was always a trip to watch Reese play because, man, you knew when he was fired up that he would just keep running. And uh, obviously his Twitter account is Run Reese Run, as you know. And another thing about Reese is I'll never forget the very first day. Reese, you'll remember this. Remember the first day we got those pads put on the wall out there in the outfield? 
Yeah, I do. It was like heaven. Yeah, it was like heaven for Reese. Well, before, if people didn't know this, we had an old wooden fence out there that had nails sticking out of it and all kinds of stuff. Very dangerous. If you ran into the wall, you might get stuck with a nail. Well, we eventually got a new fence um, out there in the outfield with a lot of padding on it and whatnot. So as, as Reese normally is, he's like a little kid out there shagging fly balls. He was begging the coaches to hit balls up against the wall so he could run into it and crash into it. Yeah. Um, so I always, I always take that as Reese, man. That, that kid loves shagging fly balls more than anybody I've ever seen, but he really loved running into walls. <laughs> so, <laughs> I remember you'd go bounce off of them every single day. You couldn't wait to go out there and hit up, hit up against the wall. But, like, man, right. Reese, you're going to kill yourself. They'll love to do that. Still love shagging fly balls. And, yeah, I just like making the highlight plays. I like robbing home runs. And you don't get to yeah, do we, that we get it. in games. We get it. All right, we get it. <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll say this: Reese, uh, he, he can play defense in the big leagues right now. He he was he was that good in center field, man. He just was relentless going to get balls. He was he was impressive. There's no doubt about it. He's one of the best I've ever seen, if not the best, going to get balls in the outfield. Thank you, Bill. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, there's tons of highlights on. Just go search Reese Hampton on Twitter. You get tons of. Uh, Highlights, especially it seems like every time we play at the BBT ballpark, we're making some kind of. Uh, I love playing that ballpark. Yeah, something like that. You were you were always some Just kind of over the shoulder highlight. or laying out. Like you made you made several. That's for sure. Um, was that? I, he, we, I know one of those one of those grabs was against State. I'm trying to think, I mean, it was like every time we went down there. Um, I just remember the state fans getting really excited at the crack of the bat. Um, that ball flying out the center field, and we were just sitting there like, ah, just wait, this ain't over. <laughs> 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 yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. You think you think you got a big hit? Uh, okay, wait a minute. Just just wait and see how this ends. And then then you were, I mean, one of one of them was flat out Willie Mays type stuff out there in center field. I think that was Georgia. You're thinking about my freshman year. Yeah. yeah, the Georgia game. Yeah. yeah, we played we played Georgia really well that game. We won the game probably by seven runs. We were that was a that was a good experience. I was I'll add that to my memories. The first time I played there because they're probably five to six thousand. I never really played in front of a crowd like that. And then to beat an SEC team, um, that was a great experience. Um, yeah. Had the home crowd on their size chanting 49ers. That was that was pretty cool. The Georgia fans did not know how to take that. No, they didn't. Yeah, we played well that day. We definitely played well. I wanted to ask you something, guys. Something. Both of you guys played up in the Cape Cod League during the summer and represented the Niners up in the Cape Cod League. Uh, you guys have any good memories up in the Cape Cod League you can share with us and uh, tell us a little bit about the process of um, <laughs> selecting to play up in the Cape Cod League for, for the summer? Um. That league was awesome. I actually I got cut from the first team I was on because I was on a temporary contract, and then um, I ended up playing for Hyannis um, with Ron Polk, who was an assistant college baseball legend. Um, he's the assistant at UAB right now, but he's the head coach at, at uh, Mississippi State for a while. But uh, and he's the one that gave me the second chance to keep continue to play up there. But I I, I met people that I'm still really close with my host families that I still. So on my drive up to Portland, Maine, I always stop on on the Cape and, and say hey to my host families on the, on the Cape and um, just the relationships that you make. Uh, or the, that was my favorite part about being up there. It was just so awesome. Leah, Leah, Mike, and uh, 
Remy and Emily, my one host family and Mary and Brian, the other host family, I'll still talk to them on a pretty consistent basis. And they're just awesome, awesome people. So that was definitely like one of my favorite parts being up there. And it, and it is pretty like hit or miss with your host family um, from, from just stories and everything. But I, I was just super blessed and super lucky uh, to have two awesome, awesome families. And how about, uh, how about your experience, Reese? Um, yeah, I have a similar, um, experience, um, considering that Ron Polk, um, had watched Brett before and he kind of had him on his radar. Um, I think we had UAB at home and coach Polk, um, walks around the outfield, you know, during in and out and he'll smoke a cigar, big old Cuban cigar. And I, I guess we were taking him out and he was just watching from the warning track, just walking around. And I didn't know who he was or anything about him, how big of a legend he was in the um, college baseball world. And he kind of kind of like waved me over and says, I want you to play for me next summer. In the summer of 2017, it was 2016 at the time, my freshman year. And he says, go play where you're playing uh, this summer, which was CPL. And then he uh, invited me next year in 2017 to play for Hyannis. And he was awesome. I mean, <clears throat> I owe a lot of credit to him for who I am as a player and as a person kind of guiding me through that summer. And like Brett said, the, uh, the host families, I was blessed with a great host family who we still talk to. And, um, the weather's gorgeous. I mean, it's, it's pretty much baseball heaven if you think about it. So I had a great experience up there. It was awesome. Have you guys seen the movie, uh, summer camp? <clears throat> I have. It's one of my favorites. No, Is people said I like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. I didn't think so. Like Reese has a girlfriend, you can't be putting them on the spot like that. Come on! Oh, it is a, <laughs> it is a, it is, it is a romance, a, a baseball romance. So. Yeah, Reese is in love. Oh. When's the wedding? Is it soon? What do you mean? What do you mean? What she, I mean? To, she just uh, she just um, got a job with Chick Fil A. She's moving to Atlanta in June. Oh wow! Yeah. So, shout out to her for doing her thing. I'm just glad you're in love. That just makes me happy. <laughs> I, I, Reese, I'm about to help you out. I'm gonna get you off the hot seat. Yeah, thanks. And, I, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do it by telling by telling a Brett Netzer story. Do it. Hopefully, it's embarrassing. Uh, well, I mean, it's it, I, I think it's funny. Um, but first, want to say uh, producer Brad had a, a shout out come in on Facebook. Carla McCabe, the McCabe's are listening up in Canada, and she said yes, it did snow yesterday. So, wow. Wow. Shout out to Big Maple if he's if he's listening with mom and dad tonight. Um Big Maple. Big yeah, Maple. Big Maple. Um so we've been, we haven't got a chance to see uh Reese play uh as a minor leaguer yet. Uh just hasn't been anywhere close, which I think um your mom and dad were about to fly up to see you play um in in Michigan. When yeah. you got called up, they already had their airfare booked and everything, and then you got called up or and, and sent down to Florida. So that was that was kind of a funny story. But but we have we've been lucky and, and fortunate that uh, we've been able to see um, we've been able to see Zach and TJ and, and Brett, and then we can usually book a weekend where we can see Brett and uh, and TJ at the same time. So the summer before last, we went up to uh, up to Salem, Virginia, and uh, it was kind of cool. They they were really nice folks up there. Lovely, great setting for a ballpark. Um, first of all, it was awesome because I was wearing Niner gear, um, and, and so I had like on a green 
you know, like a green coach's shirt. Okay. Well, at the ballpark in Salem, all the official staff, you know, the people that can go anywhere and do anything, they all wear green polos. And I had on a green polo. So nobody asked me a question. I mean, we went up to the booth and we're talking to the radio guy. Uh, we, we just, we, we did anything. But so we walk in there and one of the guys at the attendance that helps you find your seat, he sees my shirt and he says, Oh, you must know Brett. And I said, well, well, yeah, that's, that's kind of why we're kind of why we're here. We're here to see our guys. And he goes, Oh, I'm so glad to meet somebody who knows Brett. Do you know if he's seen anybody? And I said, uh, uh, I have no idea. Why do you want to know that? Well, there's this girl that comes to the games over here, and I think they'd be great together. And I've been trying to introduce them, but I, I, I can't get a proper introduction. And if I could find somebody, to, and, and at this point, I'm trying to get away from this dude. He's showing me my seat. He's trying to get me to, to set up Brett with some girl that I have no idea and apparently he's been because I think, Brett, I think you had some family there that weekend, too. And he started talking to them. I was like your uncle or something like that. He's like, oh, you're Brett's uncle. Hey, do you know if he's seen anybody? And, and what was funny was uh, I think I think, Brett, you did actually meet this girl, I think. She brought uh, the team cookies. She brought the team cookies. And, the team cookies. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you came over and, and I'm like, Brett, man. They're trying to they're trying to set you up with this girl, this this guy he was trying to get me. He goes, Oh yeah, yeah, I already handled it. I already handled it. I I, uh, I told her I was in a relationship. And he said, and I was like, Oh, well, I didn't I didn't know you were in a relationship. He goes, Oh yeah, I'm I've been in a relationship a long time. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's that's definitely that's the go-to, one hundred percent. You know, <laughs> it gets it gets you out of anything, really, you know. It's like, <laughs> so, 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 so that's, that's, that's actually, that's perfect. And it is, you know, it's like, you don't want to talk to a girl say, I'm sorry, I'm in a relationship. You know, usually she, you, they don't ask, you know, well, with who, or, you know, it's like, but if they do, then you say you're in a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, it's not, you're not lying, you know, but I'm, I'm a big Ravens fan. I was born and raised in Maryland, huge Ravens fan, right? Lamar Jackson got two of his jerseys, one in black, one in purple. And, um, <laughs> I, I train, I train in Nashville in the off season for a couple months, and obviously the Titan Stadium is in downtown Nashville, right? So I was there when the Titans were playing the Ravens, and it was like I was so confident going into this game. It was like Ravens were rolling everybody; nobody could stop Lamar. So I'm wearing my Ravens jersey out and just talking all this junk to all these Titans fans. It's like a million Titan fans out at, in downtown Nashville, you know. And it's like, as soon as the game starts, you just get steamrolled. Like, the, what did they lose? Like, 41 to, like, 13 or something, you know? And it's like, I was talking all this junk. And then by the third quarter, it's like 31 to 7 or something. And they're all just giving it back to me, like, all of them, you know? It's like, I'm just wearing it. And I'm like, all right, all right. I, good thing. It's a good thing that I don't have to let this football game dictate. You know, I don't have to let it you know, change my attitude or mood because I have Jesus Christ in my life and it doesn't even bother me, you know? And it's like, so it's like using that Jesus gets you out of a lot of situations. Um, so trust in him, everybody, and he'll get you out of everything. So, <laughs> But so the, the follow-up question, Brett, were the cookies good? I don't think anybody ate them. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> oh it's, no. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. You can't, that's dangerous, you know? <laughs> 
So that that's that's the time that that I was I was recruited to to try to to get a girl in Metzer. And and I declined to 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 get involved in that. You're a good wingman. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, no, I yeah, I, I'm a great wingman. I hit the eject button as soon as that crap started. I was like, get me out of here. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I was like, I told the guy, I said, man, I just watch him play baseball. I don't I don't know. I don't know anything about all that. <laughs> all right, Kevin, aren't we um Back to baseball. Why don't, we, why don't we talk to the couple? Why don't we talk to these guys about a couple of memorable plays and 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 some some interesting moments that have happened to them since they've been pros? Right. I think Reese, you've uh, you just um, you've been through one full season, and, and your first season you were um, you went from the Niners, got drafted, went down to Gulf Coast. I think you played for three teams that year, and then you went to Paul Instructional League, right? Yes, I did. And then you had a, a full season. Your first full season was last year. How? How's everything been going for the last couple of seasons? Um, the first full season was awesome. Um, it was kind of nice. I started out in April in uh, Grand Rapids, and that was freezing. Actually, I told you that before this, a year ago today, the field was covered in snow, and we had to – they had all the workers at 9.30 a.m. Um, push all the snow off and try to melt it all, and we played that night at 7.30. So started out in Grand Rapids, then went down to Lakeland, so it was like the polar opposite. Just when I was warming up in Michigan, I got to go down to the middle of Florida and um, uh, into the swamp, and it's pretty hot down there. But I definitely loved uh, Lakeland. That was fun. I spent the whole year there pretty much. It was about uh, three weeks in Grand Rapids and then went to Lakeland. So I spent the majority of the year there. Um, it was great kind of just being in one spot and kind of getting to know the team really well and just that everyday grind. Um, but it definitely went well, and um, it is definitely longer than the college and pro season combined terms of uh, how it impacts the body and all that, it de definitely is longer. I, I thought maybe since I played in college and then straight to a pro, but the full se first full season, that was, that was definitely uh, um, shocking at how many games you actually play. And, and that, and Lakeland down there, you're playing in the spring training facility, uh, right? Every night. Yeah. So that was definitely a blessing. That was awesome. We got to be in the big league clubhouse got to use all of the, the kitchen and stuff like that. So that definitely made it better. It was definitely a good spot to be. Um, uh, the stadium's gorgeous. The field's nice. All the facilities are great. And uh, you've been uh, been playing all three outfield positions. Um, do you know what kind of what they have in mind for you as far as um, moving up moving up the chain? Yeah, I was kind of doing what I do. I just get on base, be annoying, and – uh, take away hits, be a good outfielder wherever they need me. Cause I've, like you said, I've gotten pretty used to all three positions. It's fun. Um, each night, you know, I get to play a different one and see how different position plays. Um, but yeah, just I got to steal some bases, score runs, get base hits. And they're a small ball organization, you know, bunt, getting uh, drag bunt singles and all that. They love that. So just kind of keep doing what I'm doing and just kind of maximize what I can do. What what about when a bunt turns into something more than a single? Oh man, <laughs> that thing is blown so far out of proportion. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah, so on Florida, video. they don't they don't get a lot of video. So I, any cool thing that I'd done previously, I never got to see, and it was kind of annoying. And then this one, I wake up the next morning, and Twitter's going crazy over this weird inside the park home run. That was unbelievable. I was so tired after that. 
that it took me about three innings to catch my breath. Well, why don't, why don't you for for the for the listeners that that may not be up to speed on it? Why don't you why don't you walk us through what happened there? All right. So I think it was it was in August. So towards the end of the year, legs are heavy. It's hot. Um, I'm hitting right-handed against a left-handed pitcher, which means that you can push the bunt to second base, like in between the pitcher and the first baseman. First pitch that bat, get a first or a good pitch to bunt at, put down a terrible bunt. Wasn't really that good. The catcher got it. So that means I didn't hit it very hard. And he kind of throws it on the run up the baseline and it gets into right field. So I say, okay, I'll go to second. I kind of go run through the bag, chop my feet like you're supposed to do. And I go to uh, second and I'm kind of running hard, but kind of jogging And the right fielder. I see um, goes down to pick the ball up and it sneaks under his glove with some pace. The ball was still moving pretty good. And so I see that I'm like, Oh my goodness, I'm going to score. So right before second base, I see that and I turn it on and that's around third. The coach calls me in and I'm like, please don't send me, please don't send me. I'm, I'm gas already. And he waves me home and I just, Gave it the, every bit I got and slid into home and laid there for a little bit because I was so tired. But it was definitely one of the craziest baseball plays <laughs> I've ever seen. And to be a part of it is pretty cool. Yeah. Like I said, somebody got it on video, and, and we all got to see it, thankfully. Um, you mentioned video. I think uh, right now that MLB is uh, offering – all their games from last year are on, on their website for free right now. So you can go back and watch any game uh, oh, wow. from cool. last season free right now to get your baseball fix in i know some it's some some teams have video some teams don't and uh we try to catch you guys as much as we can uh with the, to have video but um i know MILB tv is a great deal anyway we we always are, are talking about that because it's it's like what kevin i think is it 40 49.99 for a season um and then, like every night, which forty nine is a great number anyway. But you know, every night you can, as long as the you're playing at fields that have some some leagues are better than others. But like, um, Red, I think in the in the Eastern League, uh, every place has their game on every night. So yeah. if, if you want to sit there, you know, and 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 watch uh, watch those guys in the Eastern League, you can you can do it. It's it's completely worth the you know, what you spend on it. And of course, right now they're letting you watch all the games for free. So it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, Brett, you just spent your first full season in double a um, Portland. And then in the off season, you kind of got, uh, you were down in instructs for a little bit and then you went to the Arizona fall league. Um, can you go through that uh, with us a little bit? Your experience last year, your first season of double a and uh, get to experience the uh, Arizona fall league. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Portland was, was awesome. And just similar to Reese, like the first week up there got snowed out and I don't know why the hell they schedule home games in Portland, Maine, the first couple weeks of the season, I would rather just start on a couple week road trip, but, uh, we got snowed out the first week and then the summer hits and it's just absolutely gorgeous up there. And, uh, double A is definitely different, definitely different though. Uh, pitchers know how to pitch and they, they use their off speed and they, uh, they expose your holes and you're playing the, the teams, the same teams over and over. So scattering ports out and they're going to hammer away at it until you make an adjustment, you know? And, uh, so that was, that was really awesome is it was getting to work on some things that I, that I, that got exposed. And then after the season was over, got, got shipped down to instructs in Florida, uh, spent another month down there. And, and I, like Reese said, like after 140 game season, like, you're pretty gassed and, 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 and Bo can attest, you know, playing 
uh, so many seasons. It's it's a grind playing a, playing a full season. So then you go down to instructs for another month, and then after another month of practice, you're like, all right, you know, like oh, I I wanted to see my family, I wanted to see my grandmom, and I was like, all right, cool. Um, and literally the last day instructs, um, the quit. Um, Jax, one of our coordinators came up to me and he's like, Hey man, there's a, there's a spot in the fall league. We'd really like if you, uh, went out there and show what you got. And I was like, all right, you know, awesome. In the back of my head, I'm like, ah, I really want to see my grandmom, you know, but so no, but that's, that's an opportunity you can't, you can't miss out on. So I, I drove 12 hours back to Charlotte from, uh, Fort Myers and then hopped on a plane the next day and flew out to Arizona. And then I got out there, hung out TJ a couple of times out there. Um, and the, the, literally the day I got out there, the uh, skipper comes up to me and he was like, Hey, mind you, I went to instructs to learn how to play outfield, you know, to be more versatile, you know? So mind you, I didn't pick up an infield glove for a whole entire month after the season was over. And, and first day I'm on the fall league skipper comes up to me and he's like, Hey, Nets, uh, you, you play third, right? You're a third baseman. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I play third, you know, so long time. Yeah. So first game out there, ended up playing third, and then um, played in the outfield for the rest, uh, just here and there. So it, it was an awesome experience being out there. It gained some versatility. Uh, was, when's the last time you played third base before that? Uh, junior year, junior year of high school uh, and Legion ball. <laughs> so. uh, yeah, I noticed. Well, the, the, go ahead, Bo. Yeah, well, I'll say I'll say this about about uh, Brett. The one one thing that he that I think that uh, that he brings a lot of value to is the fact that he's he's a very good defensive second baseman. And I don't know if guys remember his freshman year at Charlotte, uh, we put him in the outfield to kind of just figure it out um, on his own. Because uh, I think we – didn't we do that more or less uh, at the end of the fall? I'm trying to remember Brett. Uh, yeah. But at, at the end of the fall before the spring season started and, and he ended up turning himself into a really good outfielder. And I think that uh, from a major league organization standpoint, I think that he brings value to where he can be uh, not only an everyday second baseman or possibly an everyday outfielder, maybe left fielder, something like that. Or there's always spots in the big leagues that uh, need utility guys. Um, I think that's something that not a whole lot of guys can do really well. Uh, but I think Brett is one of those guys that can definitely do that if that's something that they're looking at. I think it's good. And, I, and heck, I've told Brett that many times, man, once you get the pro ball and you got your foot in the door, which he obviously has got a good footprint in pro ball already, um, if, he can, if he can show that he can play infield and outfield, it makes him even that more valuable to an organization. And uh, obviously we all know he can hit. He's got unbelievable barrel awareness. Um, so, um, But that's only going to help him down the road um, if that's something that they're thinking about doing with him. Yeah, organizations looking for versatility, right? Always, always. Hey, I don't want to want to interrupt our flow here, but um, checking checking social media, Toby Toby Bicknell just uh, retweeted this. I, I had not seen it, uh, Bo. You might have even known about it, but um, thirty eight minutes ago, Queens Queens uh, University here in Charlotte named Ross Steedley, yep. uh, their new head baseball coach. Oh, cool. Yep, they did. They did. I think we knew about it yesterday. I talked to Ross uh, yesterday, went back and forth with him. I'm happy for him. Obviously, he's a Charlotte alum, heck of a player here at Charlotte. Um, was on the staff briefly before he got the job at Jacksonville. Um, so we're definitely happy for Ross. He's coming back home. He'll be over there at Queens, 
Queens, which is obviously right down the road from downtown Charlotte. Um, and that's a new and upcoming D2 program. And I think we're also doing a great job. It's good to have them back around uh, the Charlotte area. That's awesome, man. It's just great to see Niners, Niners succeeding, especially here here in our town. Yeah, he's excited about the job. He, he's uh, he's young, and he's uh, got an opportunity to be a head coach at a D2, and, and he's, he's excited about getting started after talking to him yesterday. He's fired up. So appreciate Toby, Toby retweeting that. Yeah. Real quick, uh, Brett, I got a question to ask you about uh, the spring training. Uh, I think it popped up on like MLB's Twitter account uh, one day. They showed uh, David Ortiz was out there at spring training with you guys. We saw uh, we saw him with the iPhone holding out, and he was out there taking a selfie with uh, with Brett Netzer. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. what he was doing. That's exactly <laughs> what he was doing. That's what it looked like to me. <laughs> Tell us, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, Poppy's awesome, man. Like my when I got drafted in seventeen, my first spring train was in eighteen, and I backed up a couple of big league games that year. And just being a younger guy, you kind of sit at the edge of the dugout and don't want to interrupt or don't want to, you know, you know, get in the way of anybody. Um, and Poppy walks in, and you know, he dapped up every single guy in the dugout and gave him a big hug, like like you were his best friend, you know. So, and that's kind of like what the culture is for the for Boston's like, you know, it's, it was awesome. Um, so you feel comfortable, you know, everybody's really nice, but that day, uh, that, that little GIF or GIF or whatever you want to call it, it, it kind of made me look kind of awkward because it looked like I was just sitting there like checking out his phone, seeing what he was doing, but he was there and he was just videoing a guy, um, hitting that he was working with. And, uh, I kind of, you know, reached over his shoulder. I was like, I was like, you calling a shot right now? You just want to get it on, get it on tape. And he was like, it's like, nah, I'm just videoing just to go over it or whatever. And uh, so, yeah, it's I, – I, I'll stick with the selfie story, though. We'll, we'll go with that. We'll so, wait a minute. Wait a minute. There, there was no picture taken? No, there was no picture taken. No. That, that would have been a hell of a picture, though. That would be sick. It would have been. been on Instagram by now. <laughs> well, that's what I thought. I you mean, if you had it, I was going to ask for it. Because... Yeah. No, unfortunately not. You know that was that was a better story until we talked to you about it. Yeah, yeah, it was a, yeah, it was, it was. Just scratch that from the audio. Don't don't post that part of the audio. Too late. <laughs> oh. <laughs> much, uh, we got Bo here. Um, how much do you guys lean on Bo uh, to guide you kind of through the minor league uh, seasons? Uh, he spent eight years in, in pro ball. How much, guys, how much do you guys lean on Bo for his uh, advice on that? Well, I think uh, he talked about it when we were in college, so we kind of knew a little bit about it, but we kind of heard about how long the seasons were and how you're playing in Iowa and there's no one in the, in the crowd and all that. But when you get to experience it, you kind of – it's a whole new feeling. And um, kind of coming back after and sharing those experiences that we actually shared just at different times um, is, is good, um, fun, and – uh, talking about the Florida State League, he played in the Florida State League. Talking about how hot it is and all this, but um, definitely, um, he definitely gives us advice on how to get to the season and how to take care of your body in the off season as well. So uh, definitely a lot um, having that experience and um, uh, advice is definitely good for us. Yeah, uh, Bo. Like I can't say enough about Bo. Okay, I just can't. No, he Bo. He laid. He kind of laid the. He, he laid the groundwork for like being a baseball player. And so he really laid the groundwork and what it meant. And one one thing that, among a lot of other things, that has has really stuck with me is um, 
is being your own best hitting coach and learning your swing and, and learning, you know, the adjustments you need to make. And so, um, I, I, and that's something that is, is super valuable, you know, going through all the ups and downs of a professional season. And so I'll reach out to Bo every now and then just to, you know, see, get in, get, get a little critique on the swing when you're not going well, because Bo knows our swings, you know, probably better than anybody. Um, but I think that's, that's a big key is, is not like having a bad game and going and, and sending some video and saying, Hey, what adjustment do I need to make? You know, because that's something that's been instilled in Charlotte. Like both taught us what adjustment we need to make. And it's like, make the adjustment, you know? So that's, that's been really valuable on the course of uh, my career. Well, I know that that's something that uh, I, I kind of take a lot of pride in when, when I have kids at colleges, I'm hoping that uh, obviously first and foremost, I mean, it's getting an education and secondly, trying to win championships and, and uh, get the regional, super regionals, Omaha is the goal for, for obviously for UNC Charlotte. We want to do that for our fan base. But at the end of the day, I know a lot of these kids have dreams and aspirations to play at the next level. Um, and I try to give them as much information and insight into how it's going to be. Um, and I talk about it all the time with our guys now. And, I mean, it's kind of the same message, so to speak, for the most part. I mean, it keeps adding a little bit more to it every year. But uh, the importance of just being a pro in everything that you do, whether it's how you carry yourself off the field, how you carry yourself in the classroom, how you carry yourself on the field, how you carry yourself uh, in the cages, how you carry yourself defensively, how you carry yourself on how you put your work in. I mean, just I, I, I called it being a pro because I know that's what I heard a lot of when I was in pro ball for those eight years. I'm sure these guys are hearing the same thing in, in the minor leagues right now that I heard. It's, it's just be a pro, do things the right way all the time. And uh, the other part, too, that I know that, um, and you, we have obviously rules and regulations in the NCAA on how much you can play and how much you can practice and whatnot. And I told those guys, now listen, I, mean, I know you guys get one day off a week, um, try to utilize that to maybe get stronger or whatever it may be. It's going to be completely on you, but you guys, if you want to play at the next level, you guys got to get used to, and get your bodies used to be able to do things. You talking about sometimes 15, 20, 25 days in a row that you're playing games every single night. Um, so what you think you're, you're tired now, just wait till you get to the next level, which is y'all's dreams and aspirations. You got to make sure you power through it. There's going to be days where you don't feel good. There's going to be days where you're not, you got a nagging injury, but you got to figure out a way to show up and be a pro and do your job every single day. And I try to instill all that guys into our guys, uh, at the college level. So when they get there, it's not such a shock to them. Um, and that's why I think, I mean, part of it, I mean, obviously they're all self-made players, but I think our guys, when they get to the next level, they're ready to go. They're not, they're not afraid of competition. Uh, they know how to train their bodies with coach P. I mean, he's been in professional organizations before they know how to work smart. They know how to work hard. Um, but the big thing is I think they're all ready for that environment. And, uh, I mean, at that point you get there, it's the cream rises to the top. I mean, and these guys, they're relentless in their work ethic and they're, and their mental makeup, that that's what's going to take them to the level where you're playing at the big league level. Because the big league level, to be honest, guys, I mean, heck, I never got a chance to do it. I got a chance to play in a few uh, spring training games at the big league level. But to get there, it's everybody's good. Everybody in the minor leagues is good. They wouldn't be there if they weren't good. It's can you be consistent every single day with how you do your things? And mentally, can you be consistent? Um, and, and be mentally tough and handle handle the competition, handle the pressure of playing at that level. And these guys have done a heck of a job. And, 
and then it's a credit to them and what all they've done with their careers. Yeah, guys, it, it's um, it's it's really been it, it is a lot of fun watching you guys. It's been a lot of fun and continues to be a lot of fun uh, throughout your 49er careers, and then watching you um, play in the minors and you know. I know I'm speaking for everybody. I mean, this is just everything we're going through these days. Man, we can't wait to watch you guys play again. Uh, I know y'all ready. I know y'all ready to play, and and we are we are so ready to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're well, all missing. Yeah. Well, I think what we're going to do here, we're we're about an hour and a half in, and you guys have been so generous uh, with with your time and hanging out. And this has been so much fun. The last week was fun. This was fun again. We can't. Uh, we're going to have some more fun next week. Uh, we've got uh, Josh Machieski and Colton Wall oh. lined up. Oh, no. no. Yeah. Yep. Oh, no. <laughs> yep. We're doing, we're doing all the Pro Niners. So, Jeez. yeah, I know. You, just, you can just set up a cardboard box if you're going to talk to Josh because that's what it's like. <laughs> uh, well, you know, so, well, just, yeah, just, maybe, he'll probably hear you say that. So oh, Good. I hope so. I hope so. That'll be our, that'll be where we go first with uh, for Josh and for Josh and I and just to put this out there. Josh was the softest player I've ever played with for three years at Charlotte. He was the softest <laughs> for three years, the softest. And Jackson Mims is a close second, even though Jackson Mims claims to be very blue collar, but and he just because he lives on a farm. He, Jackson Mims drove a white Camaro, but he he claimed to be blue collar. And I love Jackson. I love Jackson to death. So if he's listening, then whatever. But Josh. Josh by clubhouse never stops. Josh by far was the softest player for three years, and I tried. I tried over and over and over to get to get under his skin. And I did, but he just never like it's like he just never he just he just didn't he didn't he didn't get. And then his senior year, I don't know I don't know what the hell happened. You you guys ask him because he was awesome that, senior year boy. Yeah, senior he was, year he was he was unhittable. Hey, uh, awesome is an understatement. And so yeah. ask him what the hell happened his senior year because I'm curious. <laughs> so I think Kevin, I think what what Brett just did was he pretty much wrote next week's episode. <laughs> we're, we're, it's, it's just going to be open. Okay, you know we're, maybe we'll play producer Brad. We we'll have to figure out how to play these comments back to, to Josh, and then just let him respond, and then and then that'll then we'll sign off. So I mean, we can do that. I mean, it shouldn't be that hard. Also, to clip also one other thing, I'm, I was disappointed last week. Because uh, it was the TJ show, so <laughs> oh, during the TJ show, unfortunately, he didn't bring up. And I love hearing TJ say it because TJ is super annoying. He said he, he said it a couple times. He said, "There's only two people that can get under my skin: my dad and Brad Netzer." So just to make that known, just want to throw that out there too. <laughs> is is there any secret to it, or you just you just have a knack? I think I think me and TJ are like pretty similar. And we almost fought like a few times. Me and Jackson almost fought a few times. Me and Josh almost fought a few times. And it's just it's just being annoying. And and I really did it just to to try to benefit them because it's like if you can't handle like a little chirp now and then, then like what the hell are you gonna do at ECU or what the hell are you gonna do when you're playing NC State and you got people on top of you? You know, it's like so if you can't handle a little chirp here and there and play so through like locker it, room kind of thing or or bus oh, it's, it's all the time. It's all it, it was it was constant ragging and it was very entertaining. That's to say the least. It was definitely entertaining. But I, I'll say this: I got one good thing, and you know, a, a great photo of of Netzer and TJ because they used to go at it all the time, talking smack. 
who was going to get more hits, who was going to drive in more runs, who was the better outfitter, who was the better infield. They used to go at it. It was great individual competition between the two. But uh, the greatest thing that I saw, and I want this on my wall in my office if I can get it, uh, is TJ sliding in the netzer in a pro game and trying to take Netzer out. And I was like, that right there is 49er baseball. Playing hard, play fast, and fly around the field. You got two 49ers going at each other, hard-nosed, 100%. And I think that's a great photo to have, which is kind of representative of, of the of the Niner baseball. So I, that, I want to make sure you guys get me a photo of that. That's the only thing I'm asking out of you guys. Was the double play turned? Yes. The double play turned. Yeah, yep, double play turn. And TJ yeah. went in hard with his spikes up too, <laughs> which is completely <laughs> illegal. <laughs> it's completely illegal uh, nowadays. Yeah. But it was old, just going into the base hard. And I'm sure Netzer probably turned the double play and stuck in there because uh, he, he was he was hard nosed and tough. And you got TJ went into second base hard nosed and tough. It was just good hard nosed baseball. It was awesome. I think a great picture of of, of what uh, good baseball is all about. Hard hard baseball. You know, I didn't know that I, I didn't know that Diamond Niners Weekly was going to turn into like WWE because this is like <laughs> this is these are like promo shoot promos here with the, with, the, with the trash talk. So I'll just go ahead and ask the question: if if that if that all goes down, Brett, who's winning those fights? Be honest now. Are you serious? Is that yeah? It? Who's winning, who's winning <laughs> those fights? Come on, jo- Josh and Jackson, the softest humans ever. Uh, okay. TJ scraps. TJ with scraps. So that would be a good fight, but his hair is too long. I'll probably get dirty. I'll pull his hair a little bit. And, uh, <laughs> and get him. TJ wouldn't fight fair, though. You know that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he, he would scrap a little bit. That's good. You know, there's no there's no fairness in fights. It's just a fight. You know, so yeah. <laughs> oh man. Great. Oh, I, oh, I think I came up with. I think I just came up with a a Grand Slam Club fundraiser. Uh oh. I'm all in. I'm all in. As long as you can give me a parking spot on campus, then I'm all in. <laughs> <laughs> no, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, Brett, I don't know who you think – I don't know who you think you're talking to, but um, they go, they, they're they after us too, so. Yeah, well, other, otherwise I won't be, you know, parking in, in Charlotte and going by Charlotte anytime soon if $80 is the, is the penalty for stopping by your, your former university, so – Reese, I see you keep picking up a guitar. You play that thing? It's an ukulele. Oh, it's a ukulele. Okay, do you play that? <laughs> I do. I just picked it up uh, since the uh, quarantine started. Okay, so something? yeah, so your quarantine project is learning to play the ukulele. Yes, precisely. What you got? Uh, got a few songs. I got something I, I just kind of wrote together. I only know a few chords, but here we go. Ready? Oh, we're, we're, yes, the answer is yes. Nice. Like I'm on a cruise. (laughs) You're awesome, Reese. You're awesome. (laughs) A button here. You're awesome. Bunt home runs. (laughs) <laughs> Billy Mays basket catch playing the U. Lately, player, <laughs> unbelievable. I, I don't even. I don't even. We, we can't top that. I don't. I don't even know. I don't even know what to say after that. Well, we're gonna get out of here. That's what we're gonna do. 
<laughs> we're gonna we're gonna let everybody get on with their evening. This has been so much fun. Like I was saying, um, we'll be back next week. Um, we're we're gonna get all the Pro Niners on here before this is over, and then we've got some stuff uh, built in. Um, we, we're actually, folks, we've we've built out a, a schedule until the last show, the last regular season show we would have done uh, under normal normal circumstances would have been May 14th. And we have shows scheduled between now and May 14th. Um, yep, we got them in the books. We're, I'm telling you that, you know, at this point, I mean, one, we're having fun, right? But at this point, it's just like, we're not going to be dictated to by, by, you know, by a virus named That's after right. a Mexican beer, you know? So we're, we're just... <laughs> We're, we're not going to do it. We're going to, we were going to do shows to until at least May 14th and we're still going to do shows till May 14th. It's just all there is to it. And we appreciate you guys helping us do it because believe me, believe me, they do not, the Niner nation does not want to listen to me and Kevin <laughs> do anything. Well, I, I appreciate everything that you guys are doing. I'm telling yeah. you, this is, this is good for, for, for promotion of our program and, and getting the Charlotte brand out there and all that good stuff like that. And obviously it's straight comedy and it's straight clubhouse talk and all that. But it's a lot of fun seeing these guys. Um, obviously love every single one of them. But I appreciate uh, everything that you guys are doing for our program, as, as always. Thank you, guys. Yeah, I'll thank second, you guys. I'll it's, second it's that. Nick and Kevin and Brad, we really appreciate everything you guys do. Seriously. And, and my, my final plug is that, that when these guys get on the field, and they will, if you can, go see them. You know, they're out there on the road, and, um, you know, it, it gets – it's a grind. The season's always a grind. And every time you go and see these guys, they're, they're happy to see you. Um, it gives them, you know, gives them a little break in, in, the, in the routine. And, um, you know – it, it, it's always cool. I, it, it's it's great. I, I say this every year, but if you get a chance when these guys go play, if you get a, if you're near where they're playing, go go watch them play. It's awesome. All right, guys. With that, I'm gonna get get us out of here. This has been Diamond Niners Weekly, uh, Week Ten for this season. Uh, I'm Nick, and for Kevin, producer Brad, and Bo Robinson, we're out of here, guys. Hopefully, sooner than later, we'll see you at the Hayes. Good night.